You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the 415ers podcast brought to you by the Odyssey Sports Podcast Network with 95.7 The Game. Evan Giddings, Mark Randy. Follow Mark on social at Mark Randy. Mark with a C, Randy with an I. I'm on social at Giddings 10 at 415ers, Twitter, Instagram, all the rest. Okay, so we talked about, you know, maybe the matchup defensively up front that we're going to be looking at. Winning in the trenches is certainly going to be important, but that is because of the two guys in the backfield for both sides. Obviously, in San Francisco, it is Brock Purdy. In Dallas, it is Dak Prescott. Dak Prescott equaled his career playoff victories last (laughs) week with one, and now he has two. Brock Purdy also has one, of course, having won his first playoff game and scoring four total touchdowns. Prescott did him slightly one better, scoring five total touchdowns against the Buccaneers. So if we're looking at quarterbacks, Mark, and we we can dig into to those two if if you want, but you know, looking at the entire NFC right now, I, I think it's it's probably easier to just look at the Niners side of the bracket, because in the AFC, quite frankly, that is where all the the major talent lies. But if you were to rank Brock Purdy among the remaining NFC quarterbacks, where do you feel like he would fall? This is really hard. Um, is it crazy? Is it absolutely insane to, to think that he might deserve to be in the two spot? I mean, is that is that crazy? I mean, he's he's clearly not number one. It's it's Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts deserves that. He's been incredible, and I know he's been injured I mean, and he's hurt. been hurt. We don't we don't know what he's going to look like. If I, I'm still taking Jalen Hurts, I, okay. I don't care. But beyond that, I mean, I feel like Daniel Jones. You have to credit him for having a, a really good bounce back season, and he's utilizing his legs. He's he's really effective and, and tough to game plan for. Dak Prescott maybe is the the most up and down uh, of the group. And then Brock Purdy, who's obviously still incredibly young and trying to shake off the, uh, I don't know, the idea that he's just some seventh round rookie flash in the pan. But looking at what he's doing, it's pretty impressive. I think those three are relatively close to each other, Evan. Daniel Jones, Dak Prescott, and Brock Purdy. So, I don't know. Again, I'll ask you, is it crazy if I think he, he might slide into that two spot of these four quarterbacks? I don't. I also think it's not crazy to think right now because I, I view Brock Purdy through the lens of the 49ers offense. And the yeah. 49ers offense has been the most dominant offensive unit since week eight, efficiency-wise, in the NFL. And they have taken another step since getting Brock Purdy. So... If you want to make the case that Brock Purdy, because of what surrounds him and what he's done and the consistency that he's played with, would elevate him above a quarterback that was in the MVP conversation, I'm sure we'll get votes in Jalen Hurts, but has missed a large amount of the you know final month of the season. And we don't know if he's playing with a you know partially 
hurt shoulder, if, it's se- if it was separated, what damage was done, how effective he's going to be, if he's going to be allowed to run the football, which is a major part of his game. If you're telling me that it's a 100% Brock Purdy versus an 80% Jalen Hurts, I think that I might even want Brock Purdy in that situation Wow! because Jalen Hurts is a dual threat quarterback. If you take away one of his threats, he becomes significantly more limited. Brock Purdy has shown you that against whoever's been in his path so far, that he can dominate with the help of his surrounding cast games. So I, I don't have a problem with number two, Mark. I think the real question is, who would you take number one? That is wild, Evan. Coming in with the hot take. I'm not sure I'd, I'd go that far. Um, I do appreciate you coming out and, and saying that, uh, but I'm not so sure I can agree with you. Um, I don't know. I, I, I also feel like I don't, Dak Prescott, I feel like, is, is one of the hardest quarterbacks to evaluate. And I know that there's a lot of Cowboy fans. I mean, we talked about it last episode, the, the Cooper Rush series of games where people were like, oh, oh. He should start over Dak. This is the guy to lead the Cowboys now. Like Cowboy fans, not particularly overjoyed with Dak Prescott. And beyond maybe when he broke onto the scene and had a really good season, and you know before he he suffered that that really really gruesome leg injury, their feelings were different. But I mean, since then a lot has changed. And, and you mentioned only his second playoff win, and he's been their starting quarterback and been to the playoffs pretty often. Uh, he's fallen short in some really big moments. So he's really difficult for me to to kind of evaluate on this larger sense and compare to some other similar quarterbacks. Um, and I personally am a, I'm a huge fan of Daniel Jones. I really like that the, that the Giants and Brian Dable gave him another chance. You don't get that very often in the NFL anymore. You struggle for three, four years, you're out. Um, and, and he's been able to to kind of turn things around, not saying he's an elite quarterback by, by any stretch, but he's had a really efficient and good season. Uh, I think Brock Purdy is there with all of them, but I, I still think Jalen Hurts is is a step above. And I don't know, I, I guess the way I would look at it is without knowing what Jalen Hurts is health is right now, if I were to take one quarterback to help me win a playoff game this weekend, Evan, I would take that you know, lottery ticket on Jalen Hurts, hoping that he was fully healthy over maybe the, the safer bet in a, in a healthier Brock Purdy potentially, but with a limited upside compared to Jalen Hurts. I think I'd still go Jalen Hurts. Yeah, if you're asking me who the better player is, who has been the better player the entire season, it's it's Jalen Hurts. And oh, I yeah, but, but to win close. this one game right now, I still think I'd probably take Hurts. I have to see how he looks. Again, like if if they're kind of, hiding how damaged that shoulder was, then I, I I don't I don't know if I can trust Jalen. I'm trusting more so everyone else around Jalen Hurts. And again look, Mark, it's it's always troublesome <laughs> with a quarterback when you have an arm injury. And I, I believe Jalen Hurts is an awesome quarterback, but I'm just saying that it 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 is difficult for me to handicap until I see him play, which we will this weekend. As far as Dak Prescott is concerned, I really like Dak Prescott. I I, I think he's a he's a quality quarterback, and I feel like I'm higher on him than a lot of people are. Uh, 
just because I, I, I believe that his highest highs are better than a lot of quarterbacks. The issue is that he is an extremely volatile player and turning the ball over 11, well, throwing 11 picks, not even factoring in the, the fumbles, but 11 picks in the last seven games of the regular season is, is to me out of the ordinary and it was unacceptable. And that's why I think people were done with Dak in Dallas. But I also think that what we saw last week against Tampa Bay is probably closer to who he is as a quarterback as opposed to that turnover-prone guy for the last two months. In my opinion, the totality of his career would tell you that he is a point scorer as opposed to a point giver when it comes to turning over the football. And then Daniel Jones, I, I do wonder a little bit, Mark, if... Yes, the Giants stuck with their guy, quote-unquote. However, if you look at the rest of the roster outside of Saquon Barkley and outside of – their defensive line is pretty good. They have a couple of players you know, on the defensive side of the football. But I do wonder if this was Daniel Jones's last dance, so to speak, and that New York had it not set up for him to fail, but they didn't exactly go out and get him a lot of – weapons. I know they spent money on Kenny Galladay a couple of years ago, but th this receiving core is not exactly stout. And so it's Daniel Jones and Saquon Barkley against the world. And if they had failed this season, which I think was a lot of the, kind of the expectation, especially based on the division they're in. Um, I don't know if Daniel Jones would still be seen as, you know, the, the quarterback in the big apple. So I'm glad he's played well this year. I'm glad he's saved his job because that's what I believe he did. Uh, because if he didn't have a good year, he'd be on his way out. Yeah, you're probably right. Uh, but at, at the same time, I mean, at some point, a team does have to move on. I mean, this is what his fifth year. Uh, I mean, he's been around for a while. At some point, he's gotten he got a long a, rope. Yeah, he has. And he, you know, good for the Giants. He has kind of proven himself now. And I mean, if you're the Giants, you could have easily drafted a quarterback in a first round last year or the year before or a couple of years ago. Try to go out and acquire a veteran. Uh, I mean, they could have acquired, I don't know, someone like Carson Wentz, like a couple of teams have done the last couple of years. They could have went out and given the starting job to Matt Ryan, but they stuck with their quarterback that they drafted a handful of years ago, and it's paid off for them. So I applaud the New York Giants for doing that. I credit Daniel Jones for sticking with it. Uh, and you got to give a ton of credit to Brian Dable as well. That's been quite the turnaround there. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Um, but yeah, getting back to, to the 49ers and the Cowboys, the quarterback matchup is going to be interesting, Evan, because I think if you are looking from the Dallas perspective, how do the Cowboys win this game? First of all, it is the turnover battle. You can't have Dak Prescott turning the ball over, and you mentioned league-leading interceptions. He's he, He's been bad in that regard this season. He was not, though. He was really good against Tampa Bay last week in the wildcard round. Aside from that, they need Dak Prescott to just simply have a better game than Brock Purdy. Dak Prescott has to be the better quarterback on the field on Sunday if the Cowboys are to win, and that's going to mean probably 300-plus yards and at least two touchdowns. He's He's got to do that against this 49er defense, and that is an extremely tall task 
against this elite defense, against this defensive line. The Cowboys offensive line is still pretty good. Um, they they have had some injuries there, but he they're still pretty good. They have some weapons. I mean, C.D. Lamb is extremely talented. I personally like Michael Gallup. Noah Brown isn't bad. They got T.Y. Hilton, who's not nearly as good as he has been in the past. Dalton Schultz at tight end is good. But for Dallas to win, Evan, they're going to need a baseline, what, 300-yard game from Dak Prescott. And he has to be better than Brock Purdy for Dallas to have a chance. See, I think what Dak Prescott needs to do, and I don't know if, if a yard minimum is where my mind goes to, but what he needs to do is he needs to be able to scramble. He needs to be able to pick up first downs with his legs like he did against Tampa Bay, because as we've discussed ad nauseum over this podcast in our first season is the 49ers struggle with dual threat quarterbacks. If there is any form of improvisation from Dak Prescott, I do think that will pose some challenges for the defense. I do think that the 49ers can overcome them because I do think at some point Dak Prescott is going to give the 49ers a turnover, and when they win the turnover battle, they do not lose. I also think that the weapons for Dallas are a bit underrated. I- I'm with you. I think CeeDee Lamb is a-, is a dominant receiver. I think Michael Gallup is a great deep ball guy. T.Y. Hilton was able to find soft spaces in the Tampa Bay zone on Monday night. I also think they have a great set of running backs. And Tony Pollard, in my opinion, would be a a more dependable option than Ezekiel Elliott. But they balance each other with, you know, the more bruising kind of running style that Ezekiel Elliott brings to the table and Tony Pollard is is more of their Christian McCaffrey as far as being able to put him in the slot bring him out wide he's not as good as Christian McCaffrey but that's the kind of I guess way that I think a lot of Dallas fans would view Tony Pollard as a Swiss army knife so you know I don't they they certainly don't have the type of weapon weaponry that San Francisco does but it might be underplayed just as far as how many options Dak Prescott has on offense. And that's honestly why I was so surprised that he threw 15 picks in 12 games this year. It's like, you got so many dudes out there. I know they had some injuries, uh, but that was the more alarming part to me about his turnovers. Well, it's funny that you mentioned the, the Michael Gallup, Christian McCaffrey comparison. I don't know if you saw, and or I Tony don't... Pollard. Oh yeah. What, what did I say? Uh, Gallup, I think. Oh, Gallup. Yeah. I'm just, I'm thinking of Gallup. I do really like Gallup, but Tony Pollard, Christian McCaffrey, uh, I don't know if you saw, and I don't blame you if you do, because I try to avoid him at all costs. But I don't know if you saw what uh, Skip Bayless said about Tony Pollard. Uh, he uh, said, "Yeah, uh, I did." <laughs> Tony Pollard better than Christian McCaffrey. That's a hot. Well, he might right have there. to be if they want to win this game, and that True. that's the type of odds that I think we're looking at, which is why a three and a half or four point spread is a little perplexing. Yeah, I'm with you. Uh, that is just an incredibly incredibly asinine take i mean i i tony pollard is really good he's kind of come out of nowhere the last couple of years but he's he's nowhere near christian mccaffrey's level and i mean mccaffrey is since he started the niners have still have not lost a game so so that is huge uh tony pollard is kind of their change of pace back and he's slowly been been getting more and more work as the season has gone on ezekiel elliott seems to be on the you know, back half of his career, he seems to be winding down because they used him so heavily the first four or five years of his career. Just doesn't quite have that juice in him anymore, it seems like, and Tony Pollard is picking up the slack. But you're right, they are two totally different style backs, and they need to rely on both because uh, if it's only Pollard in the game, it becomes 
you know, relatively easier for the 49ers to defend because they might know what's coming. But if you you swap you swap it up with two different style running backs, similar to maybe a McCaffrey, Elijah Mitchell, it, it becomes difficult to game plan for. So we'll see how the Cowboys do deploy those guys. But I do agree with you. They have a handful of, of weapons uh, that will make it difficult. They can spread the ball around. That's what they're going to have to do against this defense. Yeah, no doubt. And getting back to the quarterbacks, just something I want to mention that was a bit of a story this week uh, that I kind of want to put to bed, I think, until the offseason was, you know, a story written about Brock Purdy and his future. And we've certainly discussed that on the podcast at the tail end of the regular season. But now heading into the postseason, Mark, I'm at the point where I really just want to focus on this team, this quarterback, and we can bookmark all of those future quarterback conversations for the offseason because you know Trey Lance was was written about the Athletics Tim Kawakami essentially stating that Purdy is QB1, Trey Lance is QB2 heading into next year. The 49ers, in, in his professional opinion, would take or field offers for Trey Lance but likely wouldn't make a deal. I just feel bad that Trey Lance continues to not catch stray bullets, but continues to be in the spotlight even when he is not for the reasons that don't concern anything really positive to do with him. I mean, the the kid has dealt with so much this year. I I just believe that when we talk about the quarterback position in San Francisco, it's something that we need to do after the conclusion of however long this playoff run is. And so as much as I appreciate the, you know, the, the journalism and the, the professionalism from everyone discussing the quarterback spot, uh, I, I do think we will also, and we've been victim of this, we will put it to bed uh, for the rest of the postseason. Yeah, I'm with you. I mean, there'll be plenty of time to discuss this in the offseason when it's actually something that the Niners are considering. I'm sure it's a thought in the back of their head, Evan, uh, but they're focused on trying to win a Super Bowl right now. And I think we wouldn't be you know, doing the team justice, trying to, our best to, to figure out how they're going to get through this postseason if we weren't doing the same thing. So I'm with you. Uh, I do feel bad for Trey Lance and how the first two years of his career have gone. Uh, but this is a, a conversation, in my opinion, for the offseason when you're trying to think about what the future of that position looks like for the 49ers. So I'm with you. Let's bookmark it, and, and we'll pick it back up in February at some point. Yeah, hopefully. Hopefully in February. <laughs> uh, who knows? We might have to pick it up next week. But, <laughs> just kidding. Just kidding. 